You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Morning, Resurrection. Morning. Thank you very much. That was excellent. There's a lot of energy behind that one. I am Father Jonathan. I'm one of the priests here at Resurrection, and I want to extend a welcome to all of you. I want to extend a special welcome to you if you're a guest here. We have amazing coffee, and we like to hang out, so I, I, I invite you uh, after the service to stay around, get some coffee, get a bagel, and just hang out and talk to us. We'd love to get to know you. Um, so welcome. Welcome uh, to Resurrection this morning. Welcome to the worship of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit here at Resurrection. This morning, uh, we're beginning a new sermon series that's taking us through the book of Hebrews. It's called Heaven and Earth. The book of Hebrews is all about the priesthood of Jesus, who mediates the presence of God to all humanity and to all creation. Um, we're, We're exploring what that might mean. What does it mean that the incarnate Jesus, the one who was God, who walking around in human form with a human body, Um, is now in the throne room of God itself, bringing God to us and bringing us to God. What what might it look like? How might it change our lives here in South Austin if if that was really true and we really believed it were true? That's kind of what we're examining. That's where we're going in this sermon series. Um, So if you listened uh, carefully to the lectionary readings this morning, you got actually a really compelling and really succinct summary of the gospel. So we start with the creation of humanity uh, in, in God's own image. Um, and, and, and so what, what Psalm 8 actually says about that in our electionary reading today was that he made humanity a little lower than God, crowned with glory and honor. He made human beings greater than the angels, the highest angels. We you know we talk about in the Sanctus that we join our voices with angels and archangels. He made us above greater than those angels, the ones that are in the very throne room of God. And it says that when we are raised, we will shine with light and glory and honor and splendor that is greater than those angels. Um, that's a really amazing thing. And he made us what it means to bear the image of God. Well, one of the things that it means to bear the image of God is that we are also priests. God made us in his own image, male and female, to, to be priests, to mediate God to the created order and to mediate the created order back to God, to show forth the splendor of God to the creation and to bring um, the creation back to God in a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. I mean, amazing, amazing vocation that God has given to us in this world as human beings. We are the very crown and the very jewel of creation. Do you believe that? Have you been told this week that your glory and your splendor and your dignity because you are a human being is so profoundly great that it is greater than the angels? Have you heard that this week? If not, then hear it today. That is what is true. And so fundamental and central to our Christian faith is the idea that there is something really special about human beings. We are fragile and we are mortal and we are passing away. Our our Genesis passage this morning, our Old Testament passage this morning, told us that we're made from the very stuff of this earth. We're made from the clay and the, the dust of the earth. And yet, and yet we're glorious. We are, we are splendid. We are beautiful. We are radiant. We are not just earth. We are glorious. The fourth century church father, Gregory of Nyssa, put it like this. This is really strong language. Um, it's a little bit of a longer quote, so, so just, just hold, hold, uh, 
hold tight and listen because it's, it's worth it. Know to what extent the creator has honored you above all the rest of the creation. The sky is not an image of God, nor is the moon, nor the sun, nor the beauty of the stars, nor anything of what can be seen in creation. None of those things is an image of God, no matter how beautiful it is. You alone have been made the image of the reality that transcends all understanding, the likeness of imperishable beauty, the imprint of true divinity, the recipient of beatitude, the seal of the true light. Are you getting it? Are you getting it, resurrection? Do you see how glorious God has made all of humanity to bear his image in the world, to mediate between heaven and earth? Do you see how glorious you are as human beings? Every human being that has ever lived has such great and incredible dignity and nobility, a glory that cannot be measured because of this image that has been stamped upon us by God himself. That is the truth about who you are. And as the lectionary readings continue, we, we understand, we come to understand that this is exactly why Jesus Christ came into the world. Because when we had fallen into sin and were falling into non-being, we were falling away from that vocation that God gave to us. God refused to let us go down into the dust of death. He refused to allow his creation, the glory of his creation, to perish. But rather, he became one of us in Jesus Christ that we may not be lost to sin. We were meant to illuminate the glory of God to the creation, but in our sin, our self-centeredness, we turned away from that. We sought not only to be the image, but to be the archetype from which the image was crafted. And that was not the vocation that was given to us. And so instead of illuminating creation, we darkened it. We darkened it with our own selfishness and our sinfulness and our desire to be lords. And so therefore, all of the creation is groaning in agony until we are restored to what we are supposed to be in Jesus Christ. We are not who we are supposed to be, and so things are not as they are supposed to be. Wouldn't it be great if the solution to this were something other than what it is? Wouldn't it be great if the solution were simpler? If, it, if there were just some bad people that we could segregate off, we could hive off from the rest of humanity and just take care of the problem? Or if there were like some part of us that we could get rid of that would just sort of solve the problem? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be simple? <laughs> The reality is that's not the case. What has happened is that sinfulness and non-being have sunk themselves so deeply into us that they have affected every single part of who we are. They have darkened the glory of every part of who we are. The, the great uh, Russian philosopher Alexander Solzhenitsyn and novelist um, once wisely said it this way, the line between good and evil cuts through every human heart. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his heart? You see? It goes right through the center of our very beings. And so we can't just cut off a part of ourselves. We can't just segregate the bad people. It goes all the way down. And so we need a cure that goes all the way down. And the reality is that God sees us and he sees the problem. He sees how deeply sin has enmeshed itself in our personhood. He sees how helpless we are to resolve this for ourselves. Like some tangled mass, like, uh, like some, some tangled knot like, that's, that's how bad the problem is. That's how deeply enmeshed the sin is in us. And so we need a cure. We need some kind of elixir that can patiently and painfully unwind this knotted mass that we have become. And we know what that cure is, don't we? We know that it is Jesus Christ 
Very God of very God, light from light, become one of us. As Peter Brown once put it, the blazing forth of God on this earth. That is what we need. That is our cure. We need to be united to Jesus' humanity, who is the very imprint and the very image of God. As the Hebrew passage said today, everything God wants to say to us, he has said to us decisively in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the true image of God, the true in the true image of humanity. He's what humanity is supposed to look like. He bears that vocation to mediate between heaven and earth in a way that we were not capable of doing. So if by faith in Jesus you were united with his incarnation and with his sacrifice on the cross, that's what our reading from Hebrews says this morning, you will be sanctified and remade into that image of God. You will be restored to that vocation that you were initially intended to bear. And you will become glorious and you will shine like the stars in heaven and you will be made greater, crowned with glory greater than the angels themselves. Jesus is glorious and he is beautiful. His humanity shines forth with that glory. The great 20th century poet Seshlan Miloš once said, the truth is weak, but beauty is very strong. And Jesus is very beautiful. I dare you to marinate yourself in the gospels and not come away with the sense, the profound sense that in Jesus, something lovely and unspeakably beautiful is happening on this earth. Our Hebrews passage tells us this morning that God spoke to us in varied ways and at varied times through the law and the prophets, and we were unable and we were unwilling to hear it. But in Jesus Christ, he has spoken to us visibly. He has taken on our very own flesh, and he has spoken to us in an image, in a human person who can say to us decisively, this is what God looks like. This is what God wants for you. This is what true divinity and true humanity look like together, inseparably, indissolubly on the earth. Y'all, there is such power in the person and work of Jesus to heal our minds and our wills and our emotions and the brokenness of our entire lives. This is strong medicine. We're talking about medicine that can unwind that knot that we have become, that can slowly and painfully, patiently unwind that knot. If you have not looked upon Jesus Christ, if you have not seen this beauty, if you have not experienced the wonder of this cure, of this medicine, I ask you, I implore you, do it today. Take a look at the Gospels, read the Gospels, and get to know Jesus Christ. He is so glorious. Like a little child, just like it says in the Gospel of Mark, the kingdom comes to you if you are willing to receive it like a little child. Just Receive it with a hand open and say, I want this, Lord. I want this healing. I want to have this knot within me unwound. I want a cure that goes all the way down. Not just my thoughts, not just my body and the, the passions of my body, not just my emotions. I want healing in every aspect of my life. The great fourth century theologian Gregory of Nazianza said, whatever he has not assumed, he has not healed, but he assumed it all so he can heal it all. The wondrous thing is that this glorious rescue that has been effected for us in Jesus Christ. It's not just for us in this room. It's not just for the Christians that have lived through the centuries. It is for everyone. It is for all of humanity. He is reconciling all things and all people to himself in Jesus Christ. That is what God is doing. He desires this light, this burning, glowing light of Jesus Christ to illumine the entirety of the earth and the minds and the hearts of all people. 
And here's the audacious thing. He has sent us to be the agents of this reconciliation. Did you notice what our Hebrews passage said about Jesus? It said that he came to be the sanctifier, to make us the sanctified, so that we could have one father, so that we could all be his brothers and sisters, armed as the family of God in this work of reconciliation. That is an incredible privilege, y'all. We get to be the people who announce and demonstrate and embody what this kingdom looks like. This kingdom that's on offer, this cure that's on offer in Jesus Christ. Do we want our neighbors and our coworkers and our families to see this? Do we want them to be reconciled, to become again uh, the, the agents of God in this world? Do we want them to receive this cure that we have also received? Do we want them to see how far Jesus can go to heal them and cure them? We must be people who take risks. We must be people who, in our conversations, are willing to bring up hard stuff. We're willing to actually have those conversations and to press people in love in the ways that they are not bearing that vocation out. We must be people who are willing to to have that same exacting standard for ourselves. Do we see in our lives ongoing sin? Are Are we examining ourselves in this way? Are we becoming more and more united and purified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Are we embodying this kingdom so that others don't just hear it, but they can see it. They can see what it looks like to receive this healing. May we be people who go forth from this room today, fed on the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, purified and nurtured by his word, who can go out and we can have those conversations. We can go out and live those kinds of lives. That is what is on offer us today. We, we cannot just have security that is eternal. We can have a life right now that is transformed and purified. That is what is on offer for us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.